Okay. Oh, shoot. I gotta remember our intro. Oh, wait. You count down. Three, two, one. Hey, Marshamites. Welcome to another edition of the Marsham Toy Hour. I'm Teresa Hawkins. And I'm Gary Ham. And look at me go, Gary. I'm leading the charge. I like it. I like it a lot. As mentioned on the last episode, we've done 150 and... I, uh, I've been on all of them, and I get to edit all these things, so I'm personally sick of hearing my voice. I'm sure the listeners are, too, so I'm going to take a little bit of a back seat. I'm going to take the, the George roll this time. I'm just going to sit back, enjoy listening to the conversation, and maybe I'll jump in uh, once or twice. Well, I hope you say more than that, but I know you're also fighting a cold, so a I'm bit. here to, to lead the way and let you sit in the back seat for a bit. Where is George, speaking of which? Yeah, so we got some text. I thought he was going to be on, but he asked to sit out. He is pulling the typical artist move of he got pulled into a show and is working up to the last minute. I don't know if it was procrastination or what, but there's apparently going to be a show at Clutter October 12th. It's called Monsters. Uh, It's an art show, and I guess George is going to have a piece in it. Nice. Sounds like a plug to me, though. Well, well, George asked us to mention it. So, yeah, it's a little baby. He's finally doing a custom for something. He hasn't done one in a while, and he's excited. He wants people to know about it. I get that. I, I actually didn't. I don't. I can't remember the last time he did anything for a show. No idea. It must have been. I don't know, but um, I, I tried. I actually was like, oh, well, let me see if Clutter's promoted it all. And I think they're still, they're focused on this five points fest, fest fall, fall fest thing they got going on. So I think they're focused on putting that, but hopefully we'll start seeing more about this monster show that's coming up. But, um, okay, so we have a guest today. Before before I introduce them, there's one other thing I got to say. On our Muji World episode, at the end, you left in all of this after talk and made it sound like we we're going to have this bonus episode. And I think all these people are thinking, okay, there's this bonus episode coming. And I think we got to let everyone know that it's totally not happening. <laughs> it's it's totally not happening, but it almost happened. It was so close. I had it edited. Uh, I actually had it uploaded to Facebook because it was going to be exclusive content for the um, Facebook, Facebook group members. And um, then I had a text thread with you and George going on. And both of you, even though you had not heard the edited version, which I think was safe for public consumption, uh, both of you decided it was probably best not to upload it because some of the discussion did stem from some toy drama that occurred earlier in that week that had, and that drama had settled and uh, we just didn't want to kick that back up again. Exactly. We didn't want to stir the pot. That and one of the conversations that ended up in the extra footage was all about Designer Toy Universe, a Facebook group that got shut down by Facebook for a little bit. But by the time I edited it, it and almost released it, it had popped back up again. So that would have been a kind of a moot or non-conversation. And the other one, I think, was a great discussion that we could have at a later date. It was all about customs. What is a custom? What's a release? Is it a custom if there's no artist behind it? And that sort of stuff. But if you're bummed that the episode didn't release, then you should be upset at George and Teresa because I I did the work. (laughs) Well, put it out in the world then, Gary. I'm not going to debate you on this anymore. Let's move on. Let's bring our guest into the chit chat. Yes, please. Let's do it. So, hold on. I'm going to introduce you. I'm going to make (laughs) it sound all fancy. (laughs) Sorry, sorry. (laughs) 
So uh, it's actually been a while since we've done a collector's episode, so we're bringing it back. Our guest is actually someone who didn't join our scene that long ago. She's pretty new to the scene, but I like to consider her an Instagram extraordinaire. She kind of popped up out of nowhere, but has gained quite a following over a short period of time. And she kind of does it all. She collects. She does toy customs and artwork, photography, interior design. I kind of like to refer to her as the Sarah Harvey 2.0. So welcome, K-May Create. That was amazing, Teresa. Thank you. Thank you. You're I think welcome. you like me more than my own family. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> See, I told you I could make it all. I like drum roll you in all cool like. I'm blushing over but... here. I love it. <laughs> well, okay. So I got to clear the air on something first because I will be honest, I'm confused. You'll notice I welcomed you using your Instagram name because I honestly don't know what your real name is. Um, So on your Instagram, it implies that your name is Kay, Kay May. But then on Facebook, your Facebook is Kara Mason. Who are you? (laughs) Okay, so you're actually not the first, and I'm positive not the last person to ask that. I think that actually stemmed from me just not having any freaking clue what I'm doing. Uh, So I never had an artist Facebook because I guess I never really considered myself to be an artist. Uh, So I've just been using my personal uh, Facebook and I I don't think that's a very wise idea anymore. Uh, I think I definitely need to go ahead and just make my K-May Facebook if that's what I'm going to do. But I think I've just been assuming the title of K or Queen K, if you will. No, no, totally joking. (laughs) Self-titled? (laughs) Self-proclaimed, yes, yes. <laughs> um, okay, so K-May is your, like, alias? I'd say so, yeah. I'd say that's kind of like the artist title. That's what I've been uh, signing things. So K-May is just short for Kara Mason, yeah, which is, like, super lame. So Ah, it's not lame, and I'm the lame one for not even realizing K-May was short for Kara Mason. D- is that so- not obvious? Was that not obvious, you guys? Should I change it? <laughs> I'll change it. I'll do it. No! <laughs> I adore K-May. I just yeah, I We that. are not the I'm brightest bulbs on this show. <laughs> oh well, I've gosh. had a lot of people You're approach just... me and ask me about Mary Kay and stuff. So <laughs> I don't know if it's reading very well. We'll see. I'm still figuring out the branding, right? So I think it's cute. And I love alliteration. And real quick, I got to ask, what is this beepy noise in the background? I think that is my air conditioner. I can't. It's been literally beeping since the day I got in here. Um, I don't know how to turn it off. I don't even know. I can't pinpoint it. Let me look around. It's cute. It's like a do do do. I cannot do any wrong in your eyes, Teresa. I love this. (laughs) You're like the beeping is cute. Your name is cute. I love it. (laughs) It's like a little jingle. Cancel. I'm gonna cancel this. I think it is exactly that. Well, thank you, Teresa. You've just pushed me to figure that out. Awesome. Look, there you go. It's been I'm nice. just here for a <laughs> You two are just but, hitting uh, off. Hey. What chemistry so far? Kara, you don't know this, but usually we go into an episode, with, especially with a new guest like yourself, we don't know if we're going to have chemistry with them. We don't know if they're shy. We don't know if they're a conversationist. We don't even know what their voice sounds like. But so far, you guys are hitting it off. I look like a bitch, I will admit. Yeah. Uh, people tell me I'm very unappro- uh, unapproachable, so... <laughs> You got resting no, bitch face? No, no. Gary, you could just see your way out of this conversation. Go full on. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to go in the other room. Let me know once over and then I'll edit it. 
Hey guys, but this no. is Teresa and Kay here. Uh, we've got our guest Gary on tonight. Uh, no, I'm not on. I'm gonna just grab a book and go over there and have a read. You know, it, I mean, we've we chatted a bit through Instagram and stuff, and we've all it's always just been so easy to talk to you. So I knew I had this hunch. I was like, you're gonna be great. It's Ironically enough, I think it was the the photo of your 20 inch stag, Teresa, that made me like find you and follow you. So it's just ironic. Here we are, all three of oh. us. So. Oh, look at that. You brought us together, Gary. You and your stag. Yay. You and your beautiful art. Now, Kara, before we get rolling, I do have a second thing to bring up with you. We booked this with you several months ago. I, we wanted to be your first. But since then, since we had this date booked, you've been seeing others. You've been dating around. You have uh, did an interview with the Toy Chronicle and Mighty Jacks. What's, what's going on? Are we just third fiddle or are we third time to charm? You guys, you guys, they didn't mean anything. I had you in the back of my mind the entire time. Just frivolous dating around? I had to, I, yeah, I had to test my options. Okay, I get <laughs> yeah. that. I get that. No, I think it was because it's so much easier for me to just type something up on my phone, you know, uh, rather than like sit down and make this commitment. Also, you guys know I was being so picky about that snowball mic and I didn't even end up using it. So whatever. That's just me <laughs> being me, being particular. <laughs> You know, she was she was doing a few one night stands, kind of testing the waters, <laughs> and now we're the like we're the real deal. They're three times a charm. Exactly. We're yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I'm here now, aren't I? We appreciate it. It was worth the wait, Gary. It was, it's it was worth the wait. Actually, I think I'm the one who appreciates this, though, for real, you guys. Like, this is such a crazy opportunity. This is really cool. I've listened to Marsham a few awesome times, and I dedicate a lot of hours to you guys. So thank you so much. This is really great. Well, it's nice to hear. Glad we could finally make it happen. But enough banter. Let's get to the meat. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I, I, I was going to actually ask you. So I, I referred to you as the Sarah Harvey 2.0, and I know you're a bit newer to the scene. Are you familiar with Sarah Harvey? Um, there is an image of Sarah Harvey's, and it's probably of her rainbow shelving unit. And that was the picture <laughs> that made me like kind of realize, hey, these are more than just sculptural objects, but they're also decor. So yeah, I'm very, very familiar with Sarah. Uh, we mutually follow each other on Instagram. Obviously, her baby, her whole family, her whole life. It's just so picturesque. So yeah, yeah, very familiar. For those that may not be familiar, Sarah is is actually someone that I also kind of found on Instagram and delved into the scene more because of what she was posting. It was actually, I was really into Momiji dolls and I found a post she had done of her Momijis and then I started delving into her account and then you start seeing her rainbow shells and all the stuff and this is awesome and I want my house to look just like hers. And it sounds like you had a very similar experience because one of the things that I've noticed with you is you've really made toys a part of your home, just like Sarah has. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, first off, yeah, Sarah, not to kiss more butt, but you are super influential. And I'm positive, like you just articulated, like she has that effect on so many people. And I think it's kind of like, it's our job and our duty um, as collectors to kind of, I don't know, I feel like hopefully, ideally, I've opened up people's eyes, at least some of my friends, as far as displays and stuff. Again, how this is more 
than just a community of collectors, but it's like a fine art community and it's a sculptural community and it's also a social community. But yeah, I mean, these things don't have to just come home and be on a shelf. They can truly be integrated in every part of your life. Like it might sound a little crazy, but I bring a Denny everywhere I go in my purse or in my bag or in my pocket or my car. So yeah. Uh, It's okay. I've done the same thing. I've actually been terrible lately about keeping up with my Instagram and taking photos. But don't worry, I've done the exact same thing. Like, whenever I go on trips and stuff to Florida or to events, I'm always like, ooh, should I pack a few toys in my bag for photos along the way? You also just had another baby, didn't you? So you're quite busy. If you're talking about dog baby, yes. Let's clarify (laughs) that. Because no human babies on my side. (laughs) Just the ones with all the fur, right? The cute kind. No, I'm joking. But yes, I bring them everywhere. I love them so much. Uh, They're more than just toys. And I think a lot of people can share that sentiment. So uh, we'll dig more into the interior stuff in a bit, but just kind of get a little bit of background. So from some of the interviews you've done, some things I've read, I know you're quite new to the scene. You've only been collecting for about a year. Is that right? Yep. I mean, that's to me. Okay, first of all, I'll just say it's nuts to me because I swear you almost have as much as me that I've collected in like <laughs> seven years. You like went all in. You just oh, jumped I did. ahead and bought it all. So I love that. It seems like Dunny's were your gateway into the scene. I think, yeah, I think Denny's definitely were. So I I literally started with Denny's. I bought a lot of 15 of them for like $12 without really realizing what they were. Uh, I think I had heard of them, you know, from like advertisements a few years ago. And I think maybe my school had some sort of, my middle school uh, had some sort of initiative with them. Uh, But other than that, I really had no idea that this designer community existed or that Denny's or Kid Robot existed. So I bought these things without knowing what they were. And I remember just sitting in my car like a grown ass woman holding these toys and just feeling some type of way, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, it started with Denny's and it's probably going to end with Denny's. I don't think I'll ever get rid of all of them. I'm sure it seems like people go through kind of cyclical cycles of thinning out the collection. And that makes sense. But I'll probably always have my Denny's. (laughs) Are you a collector at heart and were into collecting other things prior to this or kind of into art stuff? Or was this just kind of a, a random offshoot sort of thing for you? So I never, ever, ever claimed the title of like an artist or a visual artist or anything like that. I did technically attend three years of a visual arts college as well as four years of a visual arts high school. So as far as fine art goes, that's about the extent of it. But there was nowhere along the line that I feel like anybody really brought that to my attention. So yeah, as far as toys, I'd say I'm pretty darn new to this. And it's just a world that is like, expanding constantly it's hard to keep up yeah <laughs> <You're so laughs> hard. my wallet yeah, agrees <laughs> I know right oh, well yeah. so as a kind of related note I mean is your day job in the arts or is is your day so, yes yes so literally um everything I purchased I made a promise to myself after I realized that not everything is as cheap as Denny's and I made a promise that none of this toy money would come out of my like life money. So all of the toy money comes from my custom work. And recently that's just been how I've been supporting myself. It's been a very fortunate journey, a very welcoming journey so far. So if I can just keep up that energy, ideally I'd like to push this and hopefully not get some sort of corporate structured job right now, at least. 
it, it's funny you mentioned price of stuff because I know we talk a lot about sticker shock and how a lot of people, their gateway in is lower price stuff. And over time, you kind of just, you start paying more and more and more. You just kind of went all in. Did you ever hit sticker shock? Because I mean, I know you collect across the board. You collect everything from a dunny up to a cause. So you've seen it all. Do you just not even sneeze the price? If you want it, you're going to get it? No. So I will also concede that while I might have a, an extensive collection, I'm a bargain hunter at heart. I'll argue I <laughs> <laughs> definitely, like, I'm a, a stingy bitch. <laughs> really, I've just gotten involved with a number of collectors that also have really great connections. And so I usually won't spend too, too much. If I feel like I'm getting a deal, and if I feel like the love is really there, I usually don't second guess it. I think I've made one purchase that was a little crazy, and it was my Stephen Harrington, and I really bit the bullet on that one, got really excited, bought it for a little bit of a retail, and then next thing you know, it was selling online with like this little code and free shipping, and I was like, God, so messed up there, learned my lesson, uh, but I really do take my time if I like a piece, and I, I know who to ask, and I ask around, but yes, yeah, sometimes That's the sticker cool. tag, I'm just like, what the hell are y'all thinking? Someone paid that. see and there was i i've gotten better and i i definitely i like to bargain hunt too and i've learned my lesson of trying not to get too into the hunt and forgetting the retail prices stuff i won't lie i've paid over retail for various things in my collection because i really wanted them and i was in the hunt mode and i just said screw it i i mean i try to be aware of value and not go too crazy but probably my biggest splurge when it comes to way beyond what it was probably worth and valued was the Amanda Vassell Wood Lavit, mm, the little mm-hmm. five incher. So, oh, Gary, so uh, you want to, you want to take, so this thing is, yes, it's absolutely freaking adorable. I had my eyes on it for the longest time. It was a toy that was released way before I even got into the scene. And I kept looking for it and looking for it. And it just wasn't popping up. And it finally popped up, and the price was absurd. And I just said, "Screw it! I want this thing. I bought it." <laughs> take, take a guess, Gary, what I spent on that thing. Man, I don't know the value. I um, I'll say like one fifty. More. It can't no. be that much more. I, I'll I would I'll go as high as two fifty. You should be able to get that for two fifty. More. <laughs> Sorry, four hundred. <laughs> Okay, less than 400 This was a toy that probably retailed for what? Maybe 50 No, not even that. I, I think it was, I think not, it was 40 for 45 inch, bucks. Yeah. So I spent 350 bucks Jesus, on that thing. Jesus. On a five-incher, <laughs> eh? You hear that, Amanda Vissel? But, <laughs> no, Teresa's hey, just a sucker. Was, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, that was probably, of all the things I've bought... Like, I don't regret, I love it. I love owning it, but price-wise, definitely probably my biggest regret of everything in my collection. And like I said, I've paid over retail for stuff when I really like it. But that, by far, I was like, I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> but I did. <laughs> Ooh, hurt the pockets. I think I got my 8-inch uh, Vissel Dunny Donkey, Donkey Dunny, uh, for about 200 So, not terrible. But I oh, think that was also kind of going right for her. I can vouch for the bargain hunting that Kara does because I reached out to her once on 
I DM'd you on Instagram. I think it was the first time I reached out and basically saying, hey, you, you amazing collection, and I noticed that you're a Dunny collector. And I think I reached out because you had a question about the 20-inch Autumn Stag Dunny, and I decided to answer it privately to you. And I don't know if you missed out on the first 20-inch gray colorway of the Autumn Stag Dunny. For whatever reason, I reached out to you and said, hey, of all people who the, the next colorway should go to, it should be you. And I said, I only have like five of them, and if you want, like... I will definitely set one aside to, for you because I believe it should go to you. I want this piece in your collection. And she's like, yes, okay, thank you. But then, because she's a bargain hunter, I guess someone sold theirs on eBay for like $100 less than retail, and she picked it up there instead. You have no idea how many people gave me so much shit for that, by the way. <laughs> you have no, they were like, Gary Ham DM'd you and said he was going to sell you an AP stag. I was like, yeah. And they were no, like, and I, you bought it because it was $100 dude, cheaper. Like, that yeah. is an expensive ass piece. If you can get it for cheaper, by all means, I totally understand. Whatever. It's my favorite 20 inch and I regret nothing. <laughs> I'm, gl- I'm glad you got one, though. I love it. Is eBay a like a main source of buying for you do you have any like secret bargain hunting tips of places to hunt because i mean i'll like i'll look at ebay but a lot of times i'm looking at facebook groups or instagram um maybe mercari but i've not really delved much into international stuff just because it's i just can't but where's your favorite bargain hunting place goodwill yeah i have no idea how these people find dunnies in places like that what is that where do they live it happens i've heard stories i oh i see it all the time never to me never to (laughs) i what is this (laughs) i don't know if it's because i'm in kentucky or what but i've yet to ever see (laughs) toy stuff uh bargain toy stuff at goodwill it's just i don't even try why would i although isn't there some like online site you can look at you showed me that one, Scary, I swear. Yeah, it was supposed to be our little secret. <laughs> oh, jeez. Well, send it over to me. Uh, well, it's no secret anymore. It's really not a secret, so I guess I can talk about it. But, so, yeah, Kara, there, if you go to shopgoodwill.com and go to the gallery listings or gallery auctions, it's set up exactly like eBay. But the sellers are local Goodwill locations, and they this is where they post up their really good stuff or stuff that's pretty much brand new brought in package and they'll list it through this website and then it sells and sometimes you can pick it up at the location if it's near your house and you can get screaming deals on toys kids clothes really just about anything you're getting this stuff pretty much at goodwill prices are just a little bit more and not many people know about this place so if you do find a designer toy on there there's there's hardly any ever any bids and sometimes this stuff ends with zero bids oh nice interesting well okay. good to know yeah See? i'm literally writing that down <laughs> Secret snippet, no sharing. It's our Yay. own little secret. So, Ooh, but yeah, so what about you? Where's your um, favorite? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did definitely uh, rely on eBay, and I, I still definitely do. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, and I'll also say not having a day job definitely helps with those uh, bids in the middle of the day. So I have an advantage there. But also, really, I just go to Facebook. Um, I deleted my Mercari app in preparation for decon because I have no impulse control. So <laughs> I had to do that. Uh, but yeah, really just Facebook. And I'll also say like, 
this is not trying to be braggy at all. I think if anything, this speaks more to how kind and tightly knit our scene is, but people will straight up just bring me deals. Uh, sometimes they're friends that are just unloading toys and they say, Hey Kay, like I have this lot. Do you want this to swap? for a custom or, you know, give me like a really great rate on it. Um, and then sometimes I just have really, really, really great friends that also have connections and say, Hey Kay, I can get this for this amount. So it's really just, I think for me, it, it genuinely comes down to the people I know. But aside from that silly answer, I'd say Facebook. Facebook is great. Definitely. I put my in search of posts out and then it's almost as if people have a bidding war in the opposite effect of like, I got my, gosh, my Jason Freeney smart bomb. And on eBay, man, that thing is going for probably about $150 more than what I got it for. I think I got it for a hundred shipped. And the guy was just like, yeah, I'm dying to get rid of this. I had another man messaging me, uh, trying to sell me his two. And I never, you know, I never lie or anything. I just say, Hey, I've got an offer to buy for this shift. Can you match it? If not, you understand, you know, yeah. and it just goes down like that. It's super simple. Nice. I like it. I like that you're you're fighting for the pennies. You're like, mm, well, <laughs> I'm constantly on the prowl. <laughs> yeah, and, and I, I agree. I mean, Facebook has been great for our scene, and there's some great groups out there. And I'm really bad about remembering the the whole idea of doing in search of posts. I think a lot of people mm-hmm. do the like the sell posts, but in search of posts are great too. You can just go out there and be like, hey, people. I want this thing. If anyone has it and anyone doesn't want it, I will take it. And I, I yeah, I, so I need to be better about that when I've got certain things I'm hunting now. And honestly, like, I I will say like, I like saving money, of course, but I feel like that's the deal and the hunt and the bargain is all part of it as well. At least for people like me, you know, you buy a toy, but you feel good about the toy that you just purchased. So, um, but you did mention something about the hunt. I know for me, sometimes a lot fun, the fun part of this scene for me can be the hunt for stuff and going around and searching for a thing that maybe released, you know, five, 10 years ago. And do you find that that's part of the fun for you is being able to hunt around, especially since you're new to the scene? That's kind of a tough one uh, because yeah, being new to the scene, I've missed out on a really, a, a lot of really great toys. So I don't know, like if I could just buy some of these things retail right now, first drop, would it mean as much to me? I really don't think so. Uh, just because there are a number of toys that, well, no, that's hard. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I just really love them all so much. I don't, I, I think for me, yes, truly the hunt does matter. And I think it also gives me sort of bragging rights for myself of just like, huh, you know, like you got it for this much. And that's not something that I advertise. But again, like I pat myself on the back for it. I'm not going to lie to you guys. So yeah, I think that matters. And also there's something about rarity wise, while I don't think for me personally, rarity matters a whole, whole lot, except for if I'm spending a certain amount of money on it. But yeah, rarity wise, I think it kind of enhances the hunt, which then yes, enhances kind of the feeling that I get. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's nothing wrong with the feeling of being like, oh my gosh, yes, I own this thing now. I'm one of a hundred or one of 50 or one of 30 who have this thing in their collection. There's nothing wrong with being excited and proud about acquiring things. I, I, that's, 
part of the fun for me is being able to go out there and especially if it's a older release or a colorway that was released overseas that I thought I'd never be able to get my hands on and to find a way to get it. It's exciting. Yeah. I also don't feel, I think like the same amount of buyer's remorse because again, I have spent a little over, you know, what I've been comfortable spending on a toy before. And while I still love that toy, obviously, I'm just not looking at it like, like, that's so badass. Like, I did that, you know, like, I did that deal. Like, I just, I purchased the toy and it was good. And I think that's the, a very similar or the exact same feeling I get purchasing a toy I like retail. Because there was no, like, maybe if it was a drop that, like, is going to sell out super quick, you know. But if it's just a, a drop that I purchased and it was normal and the deal was just really by the books, it's still a cool toy and I still love it. But maybe the energy wasn't the same way. You like the hype a little bit. There's something oh, I too. I love that. And I, 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 I honestly, I mean, when you do look at the things you collect, not to say that you ride the hype train, but you do in a little bit in the sense just because when I look at your collection, I see the big names. You see Freeney and Cause and that weird shoesy gun that I still <laughs> don't even understand what it is. <laughs> He's just taking a, an, a, an Uzi and then different Nike shoes, Adidas shoes, collabing them together. I'm not exactly sure what the Uzi itself represents other than maybe like this really, I notice it's in a lot of video games and a lot of topical movies, stuff like that. So I think maybe it itself has become an icon. But yeah, they're cool. They're cool. But people definitely are mixed on them. <laughs> but we don't have to go. Well, no, you can talk about the shoesy. I get it now. to shoe Uzi. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. See, again, there's all these hidden meanings and my brain. Oh, you just... hadn't gotten that. No, because the It's the, only know... in the wording tree says shoe oozing. It's not like it's <laughs> I... being hidden. I, oh gosh. I just shoe shoe culture is not a culture I get. And I know there's always those bleeding lines where sometimes that culture bleeds into the toy world. And this is just an example of it. A shoe oozy. A shoesy. But I think that whole hype beast blend into the community is a very, very curious facet. But honestly, it doesn't confuse me. I think it makes total sense. I think the same guys that are interested in some of these more vibrant toys like the Cause BFFs and stuff like that, like they're interested in the same kind of color palettes in their shoes and in their clothing. And also, I think just people who collect have a natural tendency to collect. You know what I'm saying? I'm always looking for an excuse to collect something else. So I need to watch it with shoes, I'm sure. <laughs> I was going to say, are you, are you into the shoe fashion scene as well? I think it's a little non-utilitarian for me just because I wear shoes every day. So if I spent like $300 on the shoes, I'd want to put them on a shelf. I wouldn't want to wear them, but that defeats the purpose. And then I couldn't even show them off, you know? <laughs> not for yeah. me but they're really cool I really appreciate so many designs and maybe if I were in a different tax bracket I would get down with it yeah so. but you I mean it does seem like for you there is I guess I don't know like do you find yourself uh I guess being attracted to those more well-known kind of artists that have more of that hype behind them I'll say I'll say no I'll say no. Um, I don't even think I'm riding the cause train. I will say Clean Slate is obviously my favorite design by him. But I think I have just, you know, a very similar amount of small artists in my collection as I do big ones. I won't deny, obviously, the impact 
just social media wise, what those hashtags do with my page when I do cause supreme, like, you know what I'm saying? Like hype beast, like those change the algorithm of my page. And that's definitely a pro. That's a good thing. But as far as my love for it no, I love them all. I love them all for totally different reasons. Yeah. Well, and I mean, it is a good point. I mean, I do think while you see a lot of those big names and big sort of, I guess, hypier artists in your collection, it's still a very eclectic collection because from both a color standpoint, but from a piece standpoint, because you do kind of have across the board a variety of stuff. Sizes, colors. Uh, I, I think the genre is all pretty consistent. But yeah, I think I agree. But I'm still learning. You know what I'm saying? And I'm still always buying and selling pieces. And I think as we all are. Um, but I think that's, I'm just really trying to cater like Kay's perfect collection just for me, you know? So we're getting If there. you had to term it, because whenever I try to term myself, the only way I can really describe what I collect is cute, but it's very eclectic within that world. Do you have what you would, like, if you had to name your style currently of what you collect, would you be able to term it? I'd, oh, that's really tough. And I would agree. Yours is cute. And I think that's a really, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think some people use cute in a negative way, but I don't think so at all. Cause I think I have a lot of cute as well. I'd say whimsical, maybe, uh, I don't want to use the word adult, but maybe like adult whimsical. I don't think they're childish, but I have a lot of kitty characters. I don't know. Could you guys, what would you guys call my collection? I'd just say it's great design. What you collect all has great form, wonderful shapes, great silhouettes, fun color palettes. You know, it's just really great, clean form. You don't seem to collect a lot of the heavily sculpted stuff, which is nothing wrong with that. But I think what you collect seems to be through the lens of a, of a graphic designer interior decorator. You like the clean, poppy stuff. Thank you. I agree. It's, it's, yeah, it's not so much, I mean... You have, it's eclectic, but it is more simplistic. It's more about the forms and I don't know. Yeah. I think you, I think you got that right, Gary. I did it. I did it. <laughs> you did it. I'm out. Oh gosh. You've said your piece. Now we'll never get that hear from check. the episode. I want to get back to you talking about hashtags. Cause one thing <laughs> here. Okay. I want to know. So I found you, I, I can't, I don't know if it was in the super plastic group for a custom you were doing, or I just came across a post of yours uh, through a hashtag. I, I might have asked you to repost your 20 inch stag picture. Like that doesn't even yep. sound crazy. No, you did that. But I remember like joining your page when you only had around like 500 followers. <laughs> you just like. I've watched it just very quickly grow. You're almost up to 4,000. And I'm just wondering, is your Instagram for you, is it a business? Uh, no, I mean, I, I make no money. Um, I will be completely honest. Super Plastics reached out and they've like gifted me toys before for like kind of promo posts. Um, and okay. that was Smart. Like, super dope. Yeah, it was awesome. I got my White Lotus for that. Like I didn't spend what, 75, 80 bucks. Uh, and I was probably going to post about it anyways, you fools. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, other than that, I don't get paid. I have been contacted by some other companies who will either kind of ask for 
publication from me or just ask for like a shout out, that sort of thing. But no, it's not a business. It is straight up just a passion. I love taking these pictures. That's like one third of it. One third is appreciating the art. One third is the decor in my home. And one third is just these photos. Like they're so pretty to me seeing these, these pieces with the lighting and Oh, it's just such a romantic thing. Well, I feel the romance, too, because I love your page. (laughs) I'm serious. It's so so colorful and fun. And honestly, I'm slightly envious because, one, like, I've never gotten my home to the point of, like, you and Sarah Harvey level. Like, I want to be there, and I just never have gotten it there. And But the other thing is, you really keep up with your page, and you even have a child. I don't even have a human child as an excuse to say, like, sorry, I was making sure this this kid stayed alive. But, like, <laughs> I, I don't know how you... Like, how do you keep up with it? Like, what keeps you going? How are you able to create so much content constantly? I mean, so I guess... Is this kind of your day job? Because I know you said that you're not really working. So maybe that's part of it. You've got a lot more free time. But I don't know. I'm just, I'm envious you being able to keep up with this. Because if you go look at my page, I just really haven't posted lately. Because I just, it's just, I haven't had the time. I do not have a day job. Like, you guys work (laughs) real human jobs. Give yourself some credit. I'm literally home all day long, staring at these toys, moving them around, appreciating them, quite literally studying them. And that's another reason I have them around, just inspiration. Gary, maybe you agree with this. Do you just like ever hit a block and then go over to your wall of toys or your room of toys and just kind of relax and take a breath and just take it all in, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure. That's that's one reason I own this stuff. Yeah, it's just... Not only do I love it, but yeah, it's great creative inspiration at times. Yeah, it's like a tangible textbook that you can reference whenever you need. It's just so great. But yeah, no, no day job, (laughs) ample time. Yes, I have a son. But yeah, I mean, I, I really do think it's just a driving passion. I've been out of the house before and just been like, not anxious, but really, really excited to get back to my house because one, I really love my space and the spaces that I build for myself. Uh, but two, I love the art that's in the space. Like I don't even think I can claim it as my own work. Like I'm literally just filling a room with other artists, beautiful work, you know, like, what a dream. And it's affordable art too. So awesome. Yeah, this is a great spot for our sponsors, actually. So if you want to also buy other people's beautiful, affordable art, you can go to three of our great sponsors, 3D Retro, Strange Cat Toys, or My Plastic Heart. Just Google them, visit their websites, or if you happen to be on the West Coast, you can visit the physical location of 3D Retro. And if you happen to be on the East Coast or in the New York City area, be sure to stop by and visit My Plastic Heart. And if you happen to be a bargain hunter like Kara, we have some great promo deals that only our sponsors will give you if you're a Marsham listener. You can go to strangecattoys.com, use our promo code MARSHAM at checkout, and you'll receive 10% off your entire order. Or you can go to myplasticheart.com. If you happen to live in the States and spend $75 or more, be sure to use promo code TOYFAM at checkout, and you'll receive free shipping on that order. Otherwise, to stay on top of all the latest and greatest in designer toys, be sure to like and follow Spanky Stokes and the Toy Chronicle on all of the social medias. Okay, I'm going back on mute and back to you, Teresa. Now, I've noticed, so this is another thing, when when it comes to toy photography, is your house just like 
extremely well lit? Because I think I read in an article that you're just shooting off your phone. You don't use any kind of special equipment or anything. You're just doing what I do. 10, just, baby. Like, yep. Yeah. yeah. So is your house just like magically lit with like the best natural lighting in the world? It must be. So, yeah, I've been really fortunate to have a lot of spaces with great windows. And that's just kind of a must for me as a human. Uh, so I would hope that it did come through in my page, too. So, yeah. Yeah. Just a it lot does. of really great light. Yeah. And then like a million and... photo editors. <laughs> oh, wait. You so are just you in do... love with Kay, Teresa. This whole episode. Oh, People gave me a lot of crap when I like, kind of <laughs> proclaim my love for Nathan Yerevich's stuff. But you, <laughs> the way you're talking to Kay, you were just... <laughs> I actually, I Venmoed her $25 before she called. So. Oh, okay. That makes sense. <laughs> it all makes sense. That now. would be a lie, but I will gladly take some money. <laughs> no. <laughs> what is, what is the, what's a bromance for girls? A lady mance? Uh, a mance? No, I don't know. I got nothing. I don't know what a bromance is when it's between two girls. Because it doesn't exist. Because jokingly, stuff. women don't get along with each other. I, I found a lot fishy? of really great lady artists in this scene, and I will say that there are a lot of women that are really, uh, I think, genuinely to their core, looking for me to succeed. And that is also, like you said, Gary, somewhat of a rarity. And I think it's just like the nature here. Everyone's so freaking nice. <laughs> yeah. Our scene is the best. I'm in a really good mood tonight. You know, I'm not being, I'm the opposite of me trying to be hot sauce, Teresa. It's because I'm not talking. I'm not putting you in a bad mood like I usually do. <laughs> yeah. Just That's talking about awesome <laughs> things. But, okay. So I'm going to ask a question. You find a way to take photos of yourself in your posts. Are you using a remote? Do you have helpers? So if you open up your camera application on your iPhone, you will see there is a 10-second or I believe a three-second self-timer. I will stack a variety of things up, um, like books on a chair or boxes or toy boxes, and just balance that baby. So Okay, I like it. I like that it's not some official fancy shit. You're just sitting there like... Yeah, like I propped up a bag of goldfish, sat my phone, hit self-timer, and boom. <laughs> Literally, yes. Maybe a, a bag of Pringles or something or a box of goldfish. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. So. I like it. Well, you definitely can't tell because it looks like someone sat and took all these photos of you. I want to get a camera. I think uh, going back to Sarah Harvey, I think she shoots with something a little more legitimate. And it obviously shows. Like you can zoom way the hell in. And it is so clear. Yeah. Well, it's one of those things I think for people to hear. Like, if you if you're into photography, you don't need to get super fancy. Just find some good lighting and learn to use your phone, and you can do it. Yeah, just like Teresa. Just like Teresa on the podcast, she doesn't need a fancy mic like the rest of us. She just uses her phone, and it's worked out for two and a half years. I love it. (laughs) Exactly. Two and a half years you guys have been doing this. Wow. Three and a half years for me. Teresa joined, I don't know when, maybe a year and a half in. Awesome. Uh, How'd that happen? How'd y'all find each other? I got to look it up. Let me see. My, my collector episode was April, 2017. Oh my gosh. It really has been over two years. I mean, granted my, me joining for good was in May. Wow. So we 
Gary had me on for an episode kind of like this, a collector's episode. And then I went to Five Points and he happened to be there because they did a Five Points dining release and all sorts of stuff. And we just hit it off. And he said, hey, want to come on and talk about Five Points and maybe stay on regularly? And I said, <laughs> sure. They're like, how much am I getting paid? Nothing. <laughs> no, but she was, I just, I really wanted to have a collector perspective and a female perspective. And she, she sounds great on the show. She's peppy. She's happy. And so it just worked out. You guys yeah. are awesome. I agree. It's a perfect dynamic. And what about George? How long has he been on? He's been on a little longer than Teresa. He probably, so we've been doing this, what, three years, three years, six months. I think he's probably been on for about three years. Something like that. He's really sporadic, though, off and on. Okay. And Gary, is this just a passion of yours? Just love doing it, love talking toys? For some reason, it's, I hate it. <laughs> Teresa will tell you, I bitch about this and the workload and how I want to stop doing this and all that. But for something, for whatever reason, I do truly enjoy just talking toys, spreading. Just, I want to introduce more and more people to our toy scene. And I don't know, for whatever reason, I just enjoy doing this. Well, we all appreciate it. I think more of us than you realize. I think so, too. It's just not always seen, that's all. I think come Mondays, Chase will tell you, that's usually my more depressing days because it's the lack of feedback. It's, I hate Mondays. Is Gary yeah. Ham Garfield? <laughs> no. I, I, now that I'm thinking back to it, I think you're Garfield. I'm not that's Garfield. Crazy. No. Oh. I do like lasagna, though. <laughs> oh, man. No, you, you have a love-hate relationship, but... You know, and I got Gary. Do you ever just want to quit art? Quit art? I kind of have for the podcast. I mean, really, since I've been doing this, anyone who's been paying attention, I, I don't do much customizing anymore. Releases have slowed down, and that's a large part is because I'm more involved in this for whatever reason. I'm not making money on this. I just enjoy doing this. I enjoy the editing. I enjoy the the talking and all that. But this is not about me. This is about UK. I mean, I'm curious about you guys. You guys are like toy idols. You guys are influencers in our game. What? Yes, of course. Oh, oh, Teresa. (laughs) She's like, no, stop. (laughs) Okay. I don't consider myself an idol in the least bit. I think you're very well known. And I think people definitely respect the things that both of you have to say. You're my idol. I have to tell you guys, I actually got tattoos of your faces. (laughs) (laughs) On the bottom of your feet. So you can walk on us. All over us. You guys are my foundation. That's what that means. Nice. Yes. Man, I feel, yes, this is like the warm and fuzzy episode. I feel so good. (sighs) Too much stuff. We got to stir something up. I know. We need this happy and peppy. Okay. Let's jump around a bit. So. One thing I did want to talk a little bit more about is Dunny's because I know that not only was that your gateway in, but it definitely seems to be a big part of your collection that you really definitely seem to be in Dunny's. I know you built a giant Dunny, like rainbow Dunny wall. And I don't know. I just feel like that's a big part of your collection. Do you consider Dunny's to be like your, your favorite thing to collect? I think that's a, also a tough question. Uh, I think I think because Dunnies, you mentioned they're kind of like the base of my collection. I think they're kind of like the 
space, almost of designer toys. Uh, maybe not the Denny specifically, but definitely the blind box concept. At least that was, again, my introduction. And I think that's a lot of people's introduction is that singular blind box. And so I think maybe obviously they're not the most expensive or fine art or yeah, kind of like swanky thing in my collection. I think it's definitely the foundation and it is the base. So, it, and yeah, it is, it was where I started. So I think I love them for that too. Um, and I really, really, I'm eager and I want to get into super plastic jankies, but they just don't do it the same way that the Denny does for me. I said it. You said it. I said it. I, I, I like super it. plastic though. And I will go as far as to say, I think super plastics attention to detail and customer care far surpasses kid robots. So there, I said that too. There's pros and cons to both. I like this. <laughs> I don't care. the truth, girl. <laughs> Come I like me. it. Remember all I that like stuff it. that people were sending you, Kay? It stops yeah, no more. <laughs> All the kid, yeah, right. They're like dox her. Get her. Now, when you say that, is it for you? Is it just that dunny form, just the simplicity of that shape that pulls you in? It's the simplicity of the shape, and it is. I think the ears are absolutely essential, and I think that's why we saw the introduction of Gugumon with super plastic. I think Paul absolutely knows that. Well, the janky's body and his silhouette and everything to him, it's great, it's cute, it's finished, it's nice. I just think he knows and agrees with me. No, I think I think we all know that those ears are just really, really essential. It just adds so much height and so much character, but also like customizing-wise, which is literally what the Dunny is for. Uh, it gives you so many options, whereas janky's ears, those cute little triangles, like for me at least, I felt was really challenging to work with yeah and it, i mean there's something i mean dunnies have been kind of a crux of the scene for a long time i mean it's i don't think you probably talk to anyone and and it would be very rare i think to talk to someone and then one not know what a dunny is or not have at one point had one in their collection it's just one of those foundational types of items i do think though that it was kind of a thing. I'll throw in some back in the day, Gary. It was this thing for a lot of people early on. And I feel like as of late, it's a little more rare to find someone get as invested in the Dunny. So it's really refreshing, I think, to see you, a newer collector, really go all in on them. Because I don't think that's as common these days. But yeah, like I'm, I'm curious from your perspective. You definitely seem attached to forms, right? Like the natural simplicity and shape of things. Mm. So if you think about dunnies and kind of how they how they've evolved over time, do you find yourself more attracted to sort of the old school dunny designs? Do you like the new direction they've been taking and pushing the sculpts? Where do you kind of fall in that um, world? Yeah, no. So as far as, and we're just stri uh, strictly speaking Denny's here, uh, as far as Kid Robot. So I think I hate a lot of the older designs. And I think that's natural for me. Personally, I hate a lot of old movies. I hate a lot of old books. I think with modernity, obviously, I can relate to that more uh, with something being more modern and up to date. So I think while I still appreciate a lot of the older Denny's, um, considering that most of them are really heavy on the paint jobs and not so much on the sculpt. I really just love how much 
like Kid Robot's been working with the sculpts and they've been doing some crazy stuff. So like with the Arcane Deviation series, they just dropped like, wow, that one, it was not my cup of tea at all. I don't own any of them from that series. Ah, that's a lie. I own the forest one with the ghost in it. But I think that whole series is absolutely magnificent. I think like the production value is crazy. I think it's wild that Kid Robot can pull stuff like that off. So yeah, I, I definitely like the newer ones for sure. For sure. Nice. Okay. So you, even though you're really into forms, you don't feel like the Dunny form is lost or being too over sculpted or sort of losing the Dunny by what they're doing. You, you like that they're sort of pushing the envelope. There are definitely some that I think definitely lose the, uh, the Dunny form. Uh, I don't know. It's kind of hit or miss for me. And again, the arcane deviation, just to speak specifically on that, because I think that one really pushes the form of the Dunny in such an abstract way. I think there's definitely, obviously there's validity in that. And there is, I I think it's just not my type, but I do, there's a, there's a line. I'll just say there's a line that they walk. So when something does cross that line and it feels a little overly sculpted to yourself, is it something that you still want to purchase because it's a dunny or do you generally tend to pass on it? Um, I think specifically Arcane just color-wise doesn't really hit my marks for my collection. I'm trying to look and see. Uh, I'm positive there's some dunnies that I I would claim over-sculpted, but I would still own them because they're just cutesy. Um, Okay, actually, good example. So the three-inch Junko Mizuno, I hate dunnies with no arms. I think they're disjointed. I think they're awkward. Hers does not have an arm. And I think it's because she over-sculpted the hair, really balanced it out. So in that perspective, it was a really great over-sculpt, if you will. I think it really depends on the Dunny. Yeah. (laughs) It, I think, yeah. I mean, it it does sound like for you, it's, it's more just about what speaks to you. It's not, you don't mind when they're sculpting elements or when it's a simplistic form. It just has to be something that fits what you like. It's what it sounds like. Yeah. And I will also say that I, I would argue that my general views and likes are a little larger than what my collection might portray. So there's definitely been some kind of spookier pieces or darker pieces, specifically like black colorways and mono colorways that I really just can't justify because I know they'll stick out like a sore thumb in my collection. And that's really going to irk me, but that's just the type of person I am. But that doesn't mean I don't like them. And exactly, again, I bring it up a third time, uh, Arcane Deviation, really awesome series, really crazy sculpts. I just know it would not fit in with my collection, you know, and there's a number of pieces like that. Well, and all of us as collectors, you get to a point where you, you start to develop a scope. You have to have, you have to have a line, right? And, and there you get to a point, I think, where you fine tune it over and over and you're still new. So I think you're collecting a pretty vast amount of stuff, but Mm. I think over time you'll continue to kind of hone in on that. And there's nothing wrong. Like I, I'm the same way. I, I look at the Arcane series and I'm like, holy shit, that's insane. That is some killer sculpts, killer execution, fantastic series, but it's just not for me. It's not something that would fit on my shelves. So, but I'm going to throw you a question. Okay. So if you had a choice and going forward, Kid Robot had to decide and they said, we are only going to ever produce just in the Dunny form, only do pad printing, paint applications, no sculpt, or will only ever 
do series that have some kind of sculpting element to it. And it may be a variation of, of levels of detail, but there's always going to be more beyond just the base dummy form. Which path would you pick? Definitely the sculpt path. Easy. Interesting. Yeah. I think the Spiritus D, the most recent series, really nailed that on the head. A very tasteful, minimal sculpting. So you like the mix? You oh, like I love the, the mix. I think it's essential. It is interesting you say that because, I mean, I think there's a, a lot of people, and maybe this, again, is because you're newer, but I know there's a lot of Dunny collectors who have been collecting for a very long time and they really like the Dunny form as it is. And so for a lot of people who have been into Dunny and are really into that, this particular form for them, the sculpting is losing the Dunny. The form is lost. It's taking it too far away from its roots. It's, it's just interesting. Always to hear. Yeah. I'm just shocked. That's terrible to hear. <laughs> I it's think there's definitely really just a middle ground. I think there's a middle ground. And I think also I'm not consciously making these decisions. I think I'm I'm pulling down, down like my top 10 favorite dunnies. And then I just see this pattern amongst them, you know? Oh, spit them out. What's your top 10? Oh, God, right now. Oh, sheesh. Okay. <laughs> okay. I meant that metaphorically pulling them down. I think I have oh. like 20 dunnies out right now. <laughs> I thought you actually had like a top 10. You were going to be like, yeah. Okay, well, Gary Hamstag is on that list. Um, and I will say, so I think Squink, I think his Don't Panic Dunny will have to be one of them. Oh, yeah. I think the Spiritus D, this Nyx, do you guys know that one? Yes. Beautiful. Yeah. One of my favorites. One of my recent favorites. Uh, I'll get you the others later. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually kind of, I feel like I agree with you that I I like the Dunny form. I like it when they find a way to add sculpts to complement it, but not pushing it so far to the point where it's maybe unrecognizable. And I do think this latest series, the Spiritus, is it Dea? Day? Spiritus I, Dea? I have literally no idea. I've been saying it definitely wrong. I'm going to say Dea. Spiritus Dea. But... <laughs> They did do a really good job, I think, of sort of merging those worlds together. And I have to say, I am incredibly jealous of the chase you pulled, that Lisa Tom Doll's chase. Oh, it's flipping gorgeous. Have you seen that one, Gary? I think I know the one you're talking about. I just DM'd it to you so you can it's see. It's the white but... Nyx, and she's a creamy white. So I will just, in, in I will interrupt and I will say, those were not mine to keep. So I got to keep seven from that case. The case was sent to me by my buddy, Eric M. And he is one of like the main players in my connections. He's such a good friend of mine. If it is allowed, I am plugging him hardcore right now. <laughs> so he actually technically pulled that chase, that little lucky shit, but it was my hands <sighs> that pulled it. <laughs> so, but she's so beautiful and she is truly so creamy with such a light gradient on it. Very tasteful, very pared back. Oh, it's so beautiful. I'm looking okay, at wait. it now and you're right. It, it's stunning. It's beautiful. It's, it's nice, just, isn't it? It's just simple elegance. I, I really love it. It's just so beautiful. It was really well done. I was what I was gonna say. I want to know who this secret. What was his name? Eric. Eric M. Um. So his Instagram. I'm gonna sound like an idiot saying it. Eric, change your handle. Uh, Talky round hole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I follow. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's such a great dude. I think he owns one of your stags, Gary, the actual wooden one. And so, yeah, he was one of the first people I met in this scene, too. And he's just such a goofball. Him and his wife are really great people. And I think he sent me probably countless Denny's to add to my collection. Really genuine guy. So, Eric, if you're listening, oh. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I talked to Eric through DMs. He's, he's a super awesome guy. Yeah. Very cool. Not guy. a competition. I love you more. <laughs> Eric, you do that. Fight, fight, fight. Yeah, step it up. <laughs> now, talking about this most recent Dunny series, I've actually, I think I've said it a couple of times, how they did this series called the Fatale series. Um, it was an all-female series back in the day. And for the longest time, I've said, oh, I would love to see another all-female series. Like, why haven't they done it? Why haven't Why haven't they done a Fatale Series 2 or 2.0? And so it was really exciting for me to finally see another all-female series made. But for me, I always get bugged when they do themed series because I feel like they end up limiting the artist. And I would have loved to see all these artists just do whatever they want, like not be told, hey, it has to fit a goddess theme or whatever. But I'm curious, do you, as a big follower of Dunny's, do you have a preference over theme series versus non-theme series? Or does it just not even matter? It's just about if you like the design. Uh, so firstly, I will say Kid Robot, um, that's really kick-ass that you guys have done an all-female series before. I don't think I ever knew that. So to do, I guess this is their second one? Yep. If you look up the Fatale series. Um, okay, stop, stop, stop. It's not Fatale. It's Fatale, like Femme Fatale. <laughs> Which I should have known, Fatale, but it didn't really uh, click. Yeah, I have it right here. I have the Tara McPherson, the Junko. Yep. Yeah, a few of the Amanda. Vi oh no, there's only one Vissel. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, so two all women series. I know a lot of people might roll their eyes, but as a woman myself, I think that's pretty cool. So thank you, Kid Robot. Secondly, I think I, as the purchaser, I don't mind if there's a series uh, or or a set concept rather to work around. But if I were a participating artist, I think. I personally would need those guidelines. I absolutely <laughs> loathe when someone's like, make me something. I don't care what it is. Just do it. Like, I need a guideline. But I definitely know there are artists that love that sort of thing. I also do think that the series they chose and the concept they chose was really interesting and forced me to Google some things. So I learned a little bit. I think hopefully someone else learned a little bit. So I really did like it. And I, I really liked how they really corresponded with each other well, each other's well, yeah. each other well. <laughs> it, there is sometimes a, a thing to themes of being able to sort of make a cohesive, I guess, look across a variety of artists. And I do think they did a really cool thing with the case design. The boxes were like shimmery, rainbowy, ah, so pretty. And Gary, so I'm sorry cool. I can't say Fatale right. <laughs> fatale? It's okay. If you like want to say Fatale, fatale that's fine. <laughs> it's what it I looks like, like it. on paper. It might what be it? French, and they say everything <laughs> wrong. <laughs> I'm usually the one that says everything wrong, so. Maybe you're wrong, and I'm right, and you were making fun of me, and you need to un take it back. Could be. Undo it. <laughs> I hate to side with Gary, but I think it might be Fatale. <laughs> but I will start saying Fatale. I will. Don't, I don't no, know. Don't, 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 don't. I don't all right, um, but yeah, let's move on from Denny's. I want to talk more about your displays. And 
So one of the reasons I think that I've always struggled, and I'm sure I've talked about it before, but I am not the kind of person who wants to just go out and buy a bookcase or, uh, you know, like certain Ikea shelving and that everyone, you know, utilizes with lots of risers and stuff. Like I want to make sure it looks really good. And I feel like you've just really honed in on finding ways to just, I don't know, just make the toys fit your home. But do you have any tips as far as finding good things for displays or, I mean, it seems like you do a lot of wall shelving, but what, like, what do you feel like works? Like, where do you find all the different, I guess, shelving and pieces you use for housing your collection? Uh, so first I'll say I definitely rip from a lot of other people who have great displays. So I'll just look around tags, Pinterest, Instagram, see what other people are doing, see what I like. And then like, I think recently a lot of my pieces have been Ikea, which is kind of not on par with my usual. I'm really a thrifter. I do like the Goodwill. So, I mean, if I can find a cheap shelf and throw some white paint on it and that makes it minimal, bam, you know, I'll do it. I like secondhand stuff, but also Ikea. But uh, it really hurts my soul to see that collectors have, you know, like thousands of dollars worth of items in their garage or their storage unit or just sitting in boxes, vinyl sweating. And I think I use that as kind of like, why own this if I'm not displaying it exactly how I want to and seeing it when I want to, you know? So I just, I think I use that in those energies of like, don't be wasteful. If you're not going to use it, sell it. Hell yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. And sell it for a reasonable yeah. price to someone who else wants to love it and appreciate it. Love it and appreciate it. Exactly. exactly. Now, also, I will it? say that if I get bargains on stuff, I can usually sell it for a similar bargain. You know, so that that's a good feeling, too. Yeah. yeah. I, I love knowing it's, that I help someone out. Not yeah. everyone could afford the two $400 piece. Now, are, because you're so into it, are you at the stage where you have closets full of boxes or tubs full of things I'll say definitely the boxes and that's kind of a tricky thing I'm working with because there are a number of boxes that I want to appreciate just for the art alone as far as like stuff itself and toys and vinyl I think I have one box of like smalls because I think everybody goes crazy with those cheap smalls at first so I think I, that, and I usually get rid of those by if someone makes a purchase or uh, like I have two gal pals, my friend who's also a practicing artist, uh, Doozy, and then my friend Danny, and they both have daughters. So I have like a number of Tokidoki figures and just little dunnies and this, that, and the other set aside for their girls. But yeah, I think other than that, I've been pretty mindful. And I recently sold a number of pieces, which hurts my heart. But again, if I can't display it, what's the point of having it? It's just hoarding. <laughs> we're, I don't want to be a hoarder. We are. We are. I just display my my hoardings. Well, speaking of that heartbreaking sale that I think you're talking about, I remember seeing on Instagram you making a post about how excited you were to finally get a fufa from um, Yo Gabba Gabba. Yo Gabba. Yeah, exactly. Yo Gabba Gabba. And it was produced by King Robot. And you were excited. Like, I finally found it, you know, added to my collection. She's beautiful. And then. I feel like several weeks later, she was put up for sale. <laughs> it was probably about two months later. She was the last I got. I kept Muno and Broby. There's five of them, and yeah. I kept two of them. Um, I just, again, I didn't have this space, and I think that was that is 
the first collection that I collected all of the characters. And I think maybe I was after it for the wrong reasons of really just being like, I'm going to finish this one, you know? And I had them and don't get me wrong. They looked beautiful together, but I reminded myself like, Kara, you know, is this for the form and is this for the piece or is this for the five of them in the collection as the set, you know? So we're learning that you're, you're not interested in being a completionist. You're probably not going to own everything that someone makes, every colorway that comes out. I'm 100% not a completionist at all. I like that. I agree with you 100%. I, I do feel like if I have the figure, why do I need them in a million colors? Exactly. Mm-mm. I, I agree, but again, this is where it gets hard. So you're you're at a stage, right, where you're new and you're hunting old. So you mm-hmm. see that there are 10 colorways out there, and you can sit and say, okay, do I really need all 10 of these? No, I really like that purple one. I'm going to hunt that one down. But when you're in the thick of it, you don't know if that's the – you know there's probably going to be more colors, but what are they going to be? And will you like them more than this one? And it's that constant freaking – it's hard, but I mean, that's, that's where, I mean, but I think that's why the scene has, there's always going to be buy, sell, trade aspects. And I think that's part of it is you may get really into something and you buy a piece and then a couple months later, another one comes out and you're like, shoot, I really like that colorway too. And you buy that and you might end up, like you said, with five or six of the same thing. And now suddenly you look at it and you realize, you know what, that piece I bought a couple months ago that I thought I really liked. I end up liking this one more. I'm okay to let that go. It's just part of the game. It's part of the game. Does material totally matter to you, Kay? In what regard? As far as like the vinyl they use or the plastic they use or the resin? Yeah. Is the material they decided to produce in, does that play any sort of factor whether you purchase it or not? I don't think it matters. And I'm also still learning. So I'm sure if I just made some blanket statements, someone would come in and be like, well, this is PVC and this is blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I'd they be like, will. Oh. They absolutely yeah. will. Yeah, so I, I really don't know. Um, I think vinyl is very fun just for customizing. Uh, obviously, we can cut into it pretty easily. I think, are you guys familiar with Coat? I'm going to botch his last name, Escriva, Escriva, and he works with Thundermates, and he does, like, the creepy G, the creepy mouse, the dissected Disney characters. Yeah, like the Melty Goofy. So that's by Matt Gondek, but yes, along oh. the exact same vein. So I, I, I don't know if he, I don't think it's resin, but his pieces are definitely not vinyl and I love the weight to them. So I think there's definitely uh, the weighted aspect of different materials other than vinyl, but no, it doesn't matter as far as purchasing. I think if I like the piece, I'm going to like the piece, but I think again, I might appreciate the piece and speak more highly of the piece if it hits more of my targets. I get you. Now related to that, I know I'm a stickler for quality. And it's not so much whether it's resin or vinyl, but I want that thing to be polished and pristine and well done. Have you, and I found being in the scene that I've kind of learned over time that the way it's photographed or the the way it's presented, it may or may not be the same in hand. So have you had an experience where you've hunted things and once you have it in hand, it doesn't meet expectations of what you had in your head or what you saw online? I think so, yeah. I think one of them, what, and I'm only mentioning his name because I don't think he's lowbrow and I don't think this will hurt his career at all. And that's not at all what I'm trying to do. But I think my Stephen Harrington cosmic cone was definitely kind of a 
I'm not going to say a bummer because I still opened it up and I loved the piece and I loved the colors, but it felt like it was almost used and it was a brand new piece. Like it had just dropped. And that was one of those pieces that I bought a little above retail. So maybe that's also why I have a sour <laughs> tone toward it, <laughs> but it really did have some like scuffs and stuff on it. And it was very lightweight. So for that, I was a little meh. Nah. It happens. It does. But I still love it. And I think it's a beautiful piece. And again, as long as it looks pretty on the shelf in the display, at the end of the day, that's really the buy yourself factor for me. But just in the little, when I'm discussing with people like you guys or my friends, or if someone says, should I buy this piece? I'm going to bring stuff like that up, you know? Well, I mean, that's fair. It's, it's interesting to me, to me, though, like you definitely look at your display and kind of say, like, will it fit? And I just don't do that at all. I mean, I have an aesthetic and I like it, but I'm not necessarily buying in my head and thinking like, oh, will this fit in with this group of stuff that I already have? I just do it. (laughs) (laughs) And that's fine. I think your stuff is really cohesive. I think you're really letting your guttural instincts take charge and you can clearly see what you like. And I think it all really, it communicates well. It fits. But do you, have you like sat and ever looked at your shelf and been like, I I own too much pink. I need to balance it out. I need to stop buying pink pieces. Yes. <laughs> Especially when I'm trying to like put the rainbow stuff together. I'm like, oof, heavy on the pinks or the, the blues. So yeah, definitely. <laughs> and I don't even think that's maybe like me catering toward a color. I think that's maybe just certain artists work with certain colors. And I don't know, maybe I think popularity definitely definitely plays a role. Yeah. How do you feel about trends or does it matter to you if something has a special treatment, say um, chrome or translucent stuff or even glitter? Any of that appeal to you? Uh, So ironically enough, my gal pal Aaron and I were just talking about how growing up we always just kind of, I think our brains told us like transparent and glitter and stuff like that was really trashy, really chinchy. And then I see them artists using these techniques in such fine art ways that really blew me away. And I think it kind of, it really makes my brain think like, oh, like, do I like this? Like, I don't think I'm supposed to. Uh, Like the spiritist Dia or D, the NYX, perfect example. She's purple, she's sparkly. She kind of has like, I think the plastic itself could easily get dingy if I gave it to my son, but it's not supposed to, you know? And so I think it reads very beautifully there and very elegant. But yeah, I think it definitely matters. And every every little choice that a toy designer makes, every choice from the paint, if it's matte, if it's glossy, if it's even eggshell, it matters. It all portrays something. I just, uh, she's a woman after my own heart, Gary. She cares about all the details. <laughs> And you all always say, I'm so picky. And I'm like, because like it matters. Like I, when I look at something like, it all needs to fit. And you just, it's just everything you say. I'm like, yes, like the, the finish and the composition and the material and the colors, like all of it needs to mesh. And like, there'll be this moment where you, you know what you like and you look at that thing and you're like, yes, that fits. That's it. I well, it gets that. down to the nitty gritty for sure. I agree. I think like people will somewhat mock maybe artists for scrutinizing over those little things. Every stroke, every placement of glitter, all of it makes up the larger picture of your character. Yeah, totally. Totally agree. 
Gary, one thing I've always appreciated about just watching your Instagram account is it's not just about the toys. You're kind of letting us into your world a little bit. It's, you know, a lot of the collectors who post their stuff, sometimes it's only about the toys, and you really know have no idea who's behind it, what they look like, and whatnot. But when I go to a convention, I'm going to recognize you. I'm going to put a face to that collection in your Instagram account. So it's nice being able to see what you look like, what your fashion sense is, and all that sort of stuff. So I appreciate you sharing that with us. Thank you. Good. I'm glad that's that's coming off well. Awesome. Well, no, and, it, and you're, I like it, too, that it's, again, it's Sarah Harvey 2.0. You... I, no, not 2.0. I think I'm the unpolished Sarah Harvey. I think she's oh, okay. very together. And I think it's fun to be a little nitty gritty and kind of remind everyone, like, like I fart, too. You know, everybody poops. <laughs> We're yes. all if guys. I can get you to burp by the end of the episode, that would make a lot of listeners happy. I'll say, yeah, got you. I got you. If you want to fart, though, if you want to fart, have at it. But burp's kind of been <laughs> you guys what we're have no on. idea. I've been continuously farting, so <laughs> nonstop. She actually she messaged me before we started to confirm if it was video or just audio, and I said just audio. And I said you could be in PJs, you could be naked. I don't care. Do your thing. And then she was like naked. I said, um, yeah, no one will know. Do we? Do we <laughs> Teresa's chilling naked. Gary's chilling naked. Everyone's naked. Oh, yeah. It's it's really unfortunate that we are audio only because visually George and I are always sitting here shirtless and boxers, and I'm sure you two are sitting there in your bikinis or underwears or whatever yes that's what women casually dress in literally all day long yeah Yeah. and full faces and makeup i actually don't ever take my makeup off right i i i yeah i don't wear makeup in public i only wear it at home it's just for me (laughs) in case my husband bursts through the door at any given moment (laughs) honey see kid that's one thing in your photos you're always wearing like a really cool vintage dress or something like that you need to do what the majority of of us see our wives in when we come home oversized (laughs) t-shirts sweatpants some fuzzy (laughs) socks on you need to get a little more real with us you're you're kind of that's how i dress i swear that is not a facade really i love my clothes i love my clothes and i thrift (laughs) i love to thrift again baller on a budget Baller on a budget. That's the title of the episode. (laughs) It's the title of my life. (laughs) Teresa, I think we found our fourth, maybe. Yeah, George needs to be on. What's he doing? I'm gunning for his job right now. No, but I'm serious. You, you've had good chemistry with us. You banter. You get toys. You got. You kind of got the new, fresh eye on the toy scene. I think you'd be a great person to fold into our podcast if you're up for it. Oh my God! Stop! Is this happening? I think he's being serious, Kay. Well, I'll let y'all talk about that. That's up to you guys. That's that doesn't have anything no, to do Teresa with me. No, Teresa and I have been. This is something Teresa and I have been talking about for months. Are you for and, real, you guys? Well, we, we didn't specifically talk about you, but this has worked oh. really well. You know, I don't know about every episode, but if you wanna, if we can reach out to you on occasion to join when someone else, like like tonight when George isn't available, you know, you'll be a great third to join us. Yeah, absolutely. You guys know where to find me. Okay. I am literally always around. <laughs> <laughs> but with that means I also get to vent and bitch no, to you. No, no, you cannot ruin her like you ruined me. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Do okay. not dim my light, Gary. All right. Exactly. 
You took my light and you killed it. You snuffed it. <laughs> I now see I'm the light, all... Teresa. Don't worry. It's still there. You, you've made me all bitter and you've, you've made me all like hey, see now, this that's... like behind the curtain and you killed it. It's not me though. I need to shelter you more from just because doing this podcast, you do hear the stories and the behind the scenes stuff that you, you really, it just bums you out to hear that stuff. It killed oh. me. There has been uh, an ample, I would say, amount of drama that I think honestly is very natural in literally any scene. Uh, and obviously it does add a little flair to it. But I didn't realize how many miscommunications could happen. In this scene that I, I don't know, there's a lot of really respectable people, but then you see them lose their cool, myself included. <laughs> it's just kind of funny. Me too. It happens. It's now, just, the thing to do is, is realize your mistake quick enough that you can delete it before someone takes a screenshot. Did, yeah. <laughs> does it affect you? Like when you see toy drama going on, does it, does it have any kind of negative effect on you? Do you kind of go, oh, this kind of. No, no. I see people kind of like, oh, this makes me like not even want to be in this, like leave, get out right now. I feel like in, like I said, you know, in every single niche of anything ever, there will always be drama and arguments, petty or large. I think they happen for a reason. I think we learn from them, but no, it does not make me want to walk away from my entire collection and all the friends and the artists I've met here. You know, that's silly. It's a healthy outlook. Yeah. Now, do you, do you like a good debate? Because we, we love our debates in the scene. Oh, I love it. I love it so much. I think people like will kind of gutturally defend certain artists or collectives or shops. And that's totally natural, especially if you have, you know, your own stake in them and your friends and they've worked hard and blah, blah, blah. But I think like I can talk about an artist or a piece or a shop and critique it and still really respect it. If anything, I'm only talking about it because I respect the craft and I respect it to put my time toward it. You know, like people will say, I've critiqued cause before, which I think is an obvious easy one to go for. And people are like, well, you, you own cause pieces. Like, you obviously support him. And I'm like, oh, you got me. <laughs> like, yes, I do. And that's why I speak about him. And I like to talk about it in his work, this, that, and the other. So, yeah, I think critique is healthy. I think it is the only way for artists to grow. It's essential. I feel like we're I interviewing you for the position. Right? <laughs> How no. am I doing, you guys? No. You're acing it. Gary, I know you, and I know you're probably, like, watching the clock, and you're like, oh, my gosh, we have to stop. But we didn't even get to talking anything about her customs, any about, like, that whole side of things. Oh, that's fine. I, I'm, it's not a thing. It's just for fun. It is a thing. I mean, literally, oh. yeah, it's happening. <laughs> I, I think that's another way people have found you, because... Um, and I would get, I would venture to say probably the custom you're known the most for is your floating head ones, your space ones where like the head is kind of a moon on a spacesuit and it looks like it's floating. I would, am I right? Are those like your most popular customs? I think, uh, yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. I think so. And I think I say that just because I took those to an actual series. Like, usually I just do one-offs, usually like one to three. If I'm really feeling it, I'll maybe do like four or five. But even that's kind of rare. But yeah, with the Space Force, the love was enough to make a good deal of them. And that was really awesome. Do you see yourself wanting to 
like, I know you said it's a thing for you. You just do it on the side. It's a way for you to make some funds for buying toys. But do you want this to be a big thing you grow where you can be, you know, joining different custom shows and building up that side of things for you? Oh, sure. Yeah, of course. Of course. I mean, like my ideal life would be lived as a practicing artist. Uh, I think I need to be, you know, remain realistic, but still optimistic about that. But yes, of course, that would be so awesome. People out there, get Kay in some shows. You guys, please pay my bills. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, Gary, you've made it literally professional you're working for Funko right I mean is that ever kind of hard to balance that between corporate and just I mean you're not customizing like you said is that draining you no no not at all I've always had a a good balance of work life and personal it's 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 never been an issue for me and I'm fortunate that I have a day job that I do enjoy and you know feel feel uh feel fulfilled creatively you know Mm -hmm. so when I get home I'm not creatively drained on anything I still have plenty of hours in the day and the weekend to do what I need to do and the great thing about having a day job is it takes care of all the life stresses for me you know the bills are paid health care retirement all that sort of stuff so my free time is my free time you know if I want to take a week off and binge watch something I can do that if I'm motivated enough to take on some side work I can do that too there's always been enough hours in the day and weekend to, to do what I need to do it's never been an issue well good Woo! I'm glad to hear that Gary I'm wiped this was a this was like super awesome and energizing and now I'm just like I need a nap <laughs> I think it's time for bed, not a nap. So oh, our, and I'll, oh, go ahead, Gary. No, I was going to say. You told me to go ahead, then you said, <laughs> just go ahead. This is how, how, it how does it feel to be interrupted a lot? It's not fun, is it? <laughs> I love it. Um, I love you both. Have you had any opportunity to attend any of the toy events, conventions, or like anything like that? Decon will be my first in November. Oh, and nice. I'm so excited. Yes, I'm so stoked. Oh my gosh, we can meet you in person. We'll be going to be there. Yes, awesome. (laughs) That's so cool. I'm so excited to put some freaking faces to names. You know, we have so many virtual relationships. It's like, I swear I have friends. I just haven't met any of them. (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh, you're going to have so much fun. I'll never forget my first decon. (sighs) (sighs) It's like a little discouraging because there was definitely a number of people. And again, I welcome the conversation, uh, but it was a little discouraging to read people just be like, oh, like the last real decon was like last year, the year before that, like this one's going to suck. And I'm like, I might still have a good time. Like, I'll definitely try. I think I'll be fine. You'll be fine. It's it's, it's an evolving show and it's something that we're going to have been on actually um, in a few weeks to just talk about decon, but it's it's been evolving. And I mean, I kind of got in um, near the tail end of Pasadena and then transitioned to Anaheim. And it has changed even for the few I've gone to. But regardless of the show and how it's evolving, there is just something that is so fun to just going somewhere where you're just with your people, where you're with your toy family. So regardless of the way the show is and where it's evolving, I think you're going to have an absolute blast just being in the mix of all of us. You know, like just <laughs> It's I'm geeking be- out. You're going to be so excited. <laughs> You're going to love it. It's, it's, I feel it's like just, I'm going to feel so warm. It's going to be awesome. It's just, it's what, like, every time I go, I'm so exhausted and it's so worth it. Like, I'm losing my voice. I get myself sick. But it's just, 
it's just so fun just to see everyone and have everyone in one place. And over time, like I, I started out very shy at these shows and you just kind of get to know more and more people and just becomes home. Like it's like little mini family reunions and I'm all, it always goes by way too fast. And I'm just, that's why I'm excited for decon. I, I don't know if I'm going to love the show and buy lots of stuff, but I'm just excited to see all the people. It's, it's just missed. I personally can't even see myself buying too much merch just because I think in my veins it will all be very expensive, which I've been warned, and maybe I will eat my words when I walk out bankrupt. But I don't, I, I'm really going to experience the people, the pieces, honestly, a lot of photographs. But yeah, I think it's going to be really, really great regardless. I'm so excited. I have no idea what to expect or what to pack. Do you pack anything or do you just bring like an empty We go suitcase? naked. No. Yeah. That's yeah. that's the memo I got from yeah. Teresa. <laughs> yeah. So we get If you we, end up joining the sh- if you end up joining the show, we'll get you a press pass and people just give you stuff for free then. You won't have to spend any money. I love free stuff. Uh, don't deceive her. <laughs> He's deceiving you. <laughs> little I'm just trying to entice her with all the advantages and perks that we don't really have. It's we really don't get anything. From listening to you, you've already received way more than we have in the past three and a half years. There's no we don't receive free product and stuff like that. That is really Stop. curious to me. Off the record, I will say you guys should really be pushing a little harder because if you're giving these people absolutely free publicity and people listen to you guys, you are as cringy as it sounds, influencers, like yeah, that's that's not free. That's not free stuff. You guys don't ever have DMs of like, please talk about me on Marsham. Yeah. It is so funny to me that you're like, yeah, like I've gotten free stuff here and there. <laughs> well, I've never gotten not like for all the photos and stuff I've posted or whatever. Not once have someone reached out and been like, hey, you really like these things. We'd love to give you something as long as you post it. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's crazy to me. That's truly, truly crazy to me. I really enjoy your pho- photography. So, yeah. thanks. Yeah. But uh, anyway, I hope that all the conversation around decon doesn't discourage you, especially since it's your first time. I mean, you just got to go and experience it for yourself and see. And I hope you love it. I think you'll love it. I don't think I'm discouraged. I think I'm super pumped. I will say I think maybe I wish I had some past years for reference. Uh, just because I do feel out of the loop. I am out of the loop. So. Well, this will be, it'll be interesting for you with fresh eyes to see. Uh, I'm kind of curious, honestly, to hear what you think of the Anaheim Decon without any previous experience of what it was. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure I can, like, critique it just organizationally and, you know, how that stuff is and vendors and whatnot. We'll see. Again, I don't even know what to expect. Really just expect a great time and great toys. You're going to have an awesome time. But look, speaking of time, look at the time. Do we want to wrap the episode, Gary? Sure. Thank you so much for joining us, Kay. This has been fantastic. Uh, Take a few minutes. And let our listeners know where they can find you. Yeah, thank you guys again. This was so awesome. Truly an ethereal experience. Thank you, Teresa. And thank you, Gary, of course. Uh, you guys can find me at KMay Creates, and that's on Instagram. And I've yet to set up a Facebook page or domain name. So I'll get back to you guys with that. <laughs> She's going to get legit. Um <laughs> Yeah, this has been fun. Thank you. I feel like I blabbed on and on and on about how awesome you are, but you deserve it because you are awesome. 
So, yeah, if you all want to find me, check me out on Instagram. I'm TMHop24. And I'm Gary Ham on Instagram and superham.com. This has been another episode of the Marsham Toy Hour. We do this every week. Not because we have to. But because we want to. It's so weird to hear you say that. Until our next transmission, we're signing off. Bye, Marshamites. <laughs> Bye. That was weird. I don't like doing the outro. It's fine. Keep it's whichever like a natural. Yeah. Um, anyways, okay, usually I would stick around and talk with people, our guests after a record, but unfortunately I had, um, I told my wife I would be done at a certain time and go get some food, so I got to go. Sweet. Cool, thank you guys. All this right, all. Awesome. All right, talk to you later. This was fun. Bye. Thanks. Have a good one. Bye.